0: Okay, welcome back to the Brain Braintainment Podcast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. Today's an exciting one. My guest is Dave Harvey, uh, someone who I've gotten to know a bit over recent times and someone who I look to, we're just chatting off there a little bit, uh, for advice on all things training, nutrition, recovery, pretty much all things health and fitness. Uh, If you're not not familiar with Dave, he was a professional rugby player for over a decade, if I'm not mistaken, playing in the super rugby uh, for Western Force, among some other clubs around the world, which... I'm sure he'll touch on in our chat today. He's also the owner of Castle Hill F45 Training and an athlete affiliate for a few different companies, including Whoop, again, which we're just talking about off-air and we might get to today. He's a really quality guy and someone who I have complete trust in when it comes to all things health and fitness. So we've got him on the show for a bit today, and we're going to dive into as much as we can. So with that said, welcome, Dave. Thanks, mate. That's probably one of the best introductions
1: I've ever had. That's fantastic. Mate, I could keep going. I could have easily kept
0: going, but um,
1: I thought I'd keep it short and sharp. I need, I need that written down. I can pop that in the um, you know, in the, in the Facebook or Instagram or my business portfolio. Mate, I'm happy to copy paste the intro and just flick it through for you if that helps. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it, mate. I love it. How
0: good. Well, to, to kick things off, mate, uh, just on the rugby front, look, admittedly, I'm an AFL guy. Um, so my knowledge in the rugby side of things is, is a little bit ignorant, but that said, my old man growing up was... He played rugby growing up from Queensland. and Pretty much lives and breathes it. But could you perhaps give us the highlights real of your career, and maybe I guess what that looked like, and what some of the best highlights were for you? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I guess I, I started playing rugby as a, as a young kid. Um, my mum was remarried, and, and he was a, he was a rugby guy, and, and threw me in the deep end um, probably about when I was about eight or nine. Um, so I grew up with a cricketing family. My grandfather's actually my grandfather played cricket for Australia. Mm. Um, there's actually a statue of him in the MCG in oh, Melbourne. Wow. Um, which is pretty cool. Um, so I grew up with a cricketing family, but um, I kind of got too bored. I needed a I needed a sport that was condensed into 80, 90 maximum, you know, an hour and a half. Um, yeah, so I just grew up playing playing juniors and and played a year of rugby league. Um, and then made the jump back to rugby and um started pretty young probably club rugby debut i guess is a little bit different run compared to afl but club rugby debut um i was about 18 which was pretty cool um and then i kind of did things backwards i i I moved to europe before Mm. playing professionally in australia um a lot of people play professionally here and and um and then they jump ship and and they they do the europe thing I, i went the other way um you know, I had a few opportunities to knock on my door for that, so I took them. Um, and enjoyed it. Lucky enough to play in England uh, for about three seasons. Played in France. Played in Italy. Um, and then came back here. Played. Was lucky enough to play for uh, play Australian sevens. Um, played Super Rugby. Then Brazil sevens, which is pretty cool. Mm. Um, so I got to play for two countries and um, played a couple of Test matches for Brazil, which was interesting. Yeah, um, wow. mum being yeah mum being Brazilian and um, yeah, that's probably um the the rugby in the rugby in a nutshell. So to make a living off a sport that you, well, I wouldn't say make a living, but to you know, get paid to to what you to do what you love is, um, yeah, it's pretty special.
0: Yeah, that is bloody awesome. What were some of the biggest learnings they made from that? So in terms of like, you know, uh, a competitive spirit, companionship and mateship, training your body in a certain way, nutrition. We'll talk about, um, you know, we'll deep dive into the fitness side of things shortly, but. From that time in sport, were there any big takeaways that you feel like have translated to your to everyday life now?
1: Yeah, probably. I would not have been, at that time. It probably wouldn't have been training in nutrition. To be honest, it, um, that was kind of uh, um, learnt later on in my life and through you know owning my business and career and a bit more self work. Um, probably more the mental side of things, the mental application involved in in sport and in professional sport. I think a lot of um, people from the outside, a lot of fans think of as, as an easy straightforward job where you go in, you throw a footy around and, and you run and you keep fit and you get everything given to you. And then you go on a weekend, you play a game you love and um, you know, you you do well, you get high five, you don't do well, you get berated. Um, It's more the the mental side of things where you had to, you know, analyze your game. You have to try to recover. Well, you had to analyze the next opponent. You had to figure out what went wrong with the team, what went wrong with yourself, um, and um, I guess you're constantly, as an athlete, you're constantly walking on eggshells because you're one one bad game away from being on the bench and you're two bad games away from not playing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you have a bad day at work, you know, if you work nine to five job and you have a bad day at work, you can just go in and start again the next day. You have a bad day at work on, you know, on a Friday night in front of 30,000 people, um, there might not be another you know, another day at work for you. So it's a, it's, yeah. it's a tough gig. Yeah. It's a very tough gig mentally. Um, But if you can control that, everything else kind of, you know, looks after itself.
0: Mm. Yeah. That's a really interesting one, Dave. Like the idea of, I feel like it would teach you some level of awareness, like you were touching on there of like, what did I do? Well, what didn't I do well? So it's, it's almost training the mental game, but it would be very easy to kind of over index and just get too analytical and start, like you said, walking on eggshells. And I suppose, you know, that would be a, not a nice feeling if that's like the, an every week sort of thing. But if you can find the juice of it, of like just being aware and learning and adapting and, and improving, um, it can only be a good thing, I suppose, right? Yeah, man. No, I think
1: awareness is the key there. If you overanalyze, you start to think too much. And um, I guess, the you know, a lot of coaches usually come out and say, just play your natural game. Mm. Um, but if you can do that with, you know, a couple of, you know, um, pointers in the back of your head, then you, you've been be in good stead, but yeah, it's not easy. It's not, um, it's not all, you know, Um, it's not all diamonds, it's rocks and diamonds. So Absolutely. a little
0: bit of both. Yeah. man. I mentioned the, the F45 training um, at the top there in the intro and look for the listeners and, and viewers here, if you're not aware uh, of Dave, he's a bloody beast. <laughs> so I want to know more about your specific training in a moment, mate, but F45, I mean, a lot might be familiar, but for those that aren't, what's this type of training all about? What's what's the benefit of this style of training and, and how do you ultimately um, end up owning the gym? I, um, in terms of owning the gym, when was it,
1: 2014, 2013. So a long time ago now. Um, my rugby agent at the time was training at the one and only F45 in Paddington in the city, in Sydney. Um, so it is an Australian Australian company. A lot of people think it's American. I think it's kind of marketed as an American company and, and mm. that's kind of, I guess, my what, Might be appealing to Australians because it's not Australian. Um, mate, yeah, so my my agent took me in and I, um, I had a year to go on my super rugby contract and they brought a new coach in and and he, um, he he released six players. So I got a payout. So I thought I might as well put, you know, some money to good use leading into the last couple of years of my my footy career. So, um, I went and did my first session and I, I didn't want to do it, um, to be honest. And then at the end of the session, I said that that was. Excuse me, that was incredible. Absolutely love that. Um, and then yeah, landed at my feet and, and opened one in Castle Hill. We were the third F forty five open um, at the time or in the world. I think there's two thousand five hundred now in in the world. Wow. Um, so there's there's a lot. Um, but mate, the concepts the concept's pretty simple. It's it's it is high intensity training. Weight stays obviously a little bit calmer. Um, it's a time based mechanism where you obviously you get videos of every exercise on the wall, which is you know a- aesthetic appeal. Um, but it's a time-based method. So it just means that anyone can, and everyone can do it. You're not racing to a rep range. You're not racing to a certain weight. Um, you're not trying to do as many rounds as possible, I guess, you know, in comparison to a CrossFit. Um, it's, it's catered for everyone. So male, female, young, old, tall, short. My mum does six, six sessions a week with me. Um, she's six. Yeah. She's 62. We've got uni students. Um, because it's a time-based mechanism, it just allows you to work and when you want to work rest, rest, when you want to rest, um, yeah. you know, obviously to a certain degree, otherwise you get a little poked to hurry up and move along. um, But yeah, mate, it's a great concept. Just worked well. I think they've marketed it really well. And um, luckily, lucky enough, it's taken off from a business perspective.
0: So is there a certain like heart rate that you're meant to be training at in terms of like the high intensity style of training? Or is it um, is it more just like the type of exercise and the way that you're moving your body um, in that period of time? That's the real key there.
1: I think it, I guess it's probably up to the studio owner, um, that question. So for me, I just allow my, my clients to move the best as they can possibly can. Um, you know, if you try, you try and win the race every single day, you're going to burn out in four to six to eight weeks. Um, so it's probably, probably the latter, to be honest, you know, you move in a specific way, uh, move well, train well and, And pick your pick your races in terms of like working at a a certain heart rate, and and you you know there's days where you can push yourself, but there's other days where you just need to um yeah be
0: consistent and tick those boxes. Mm. So when it comes to getting in shape, then mate, from your experience, I guess with yourself personally, and then with all the all the clients that you work with, what's the like what gets in the way of people reaching their goals? Because I think particularly fitness, it's the biggest what's the easiest analogy to draw to all areas of life, but um, most people have some sort of objective in terms of their health or to lose weight, gain weight, you know, look a certain way, um, feel a certain way. Um, But, you know, not everyone, not everyone reaches those goals. So from your experience, are there key things that kind of, I guess, what are the, what are the main obstacles from your experience? Is it, uh, is it a mental thing? Is it a, you know, um, everyday life thing? What have you seen get in the way? My Instagram. Um, mm, interesting. Yeah, um, I think there's
1: a. I think people there's a few things there. People overcomplicate things. Um, they think everything is a weight loss tea. They think everything is a detox. They think it's a diet. It's an eight week challenge. Which which at forty five to eight week challenges, um, but it's that's not what it's about. It's, it's it, a weight loss is isn't it's never linear. Um, you're going to put on weight, you're going to lose weight and it should be a lifestyle. It shouldn't be like a, a diet or anything like that. So I always tell my clients where it's a, it's, we talk about nutrition, we talk about lifestyle, we don't talk about a diet or an eight-week plan because it's a, you know, a a lifelong plan. Um, but everything in the media, mate, like media and, and Instagram, you see out there and uh, that's the best thing about these podcasts. Now there's more and more podcasts popping up and you can kind of get insights onto how it kind of is and how it should be. Um, you know, you hop on Instagram and I I don't put up a bad photo. No one puts up a bad photo. I think I put up a bad photo. Once actually funny story, I put up a reverse transformation. I was in really good shape, went to Byron Bay for 14 days. I did it before and after. Um, I did it before going to Byron then after going to Byron and people didn't even read the caption. They just thought I lost, you know, I, I, I toned, toned up and slimmed down. They're like, Oh, how good's that? Can I have your training program? I was like, mate, you're not, you're not reading it. You're just looking, you're looking at the images. Um, I, Honestly, I think people overcomplicate things. The amount of questions I get from my clients, you know, does this work? What about this? Should I take this for weight loss? Should I take that? Sleep, drink water, um, eat, but eat well, good whole foods, portion your meals. um, Don't overeat, move every day um, and have a good mindset. Get some sun. Simple. Mm.
0: So when you mention Instagram, what I, what I'm hearing you say, which man, I fuck with this real hard. Like I, I reckon this is a really good thread to stay on. Is that is it the instant gratification world that we've kind of built and mindset that we've built in terms of like, we expect um, like just quick, sort of quick results or like an instant fix instead of, like you said, this is a lifestyle. This is an identity, a shift, I suppose it needs to take place. Um, rather than I'm going to bang out this or, you know, a couple of weeks of training and, and look a certain way. It's more about, no, I'm the kind of person that trains daily or whatever that lot might look like. Is that kind of what you're uh, alluding to there?
1: Yeah. Well, mate, hundred percent. Like, so you look at it, you put a photo up on Instagram and mm. you'll check it 1500 times until you see how many likes you got. So that's instant gratification there. You look at a before and after photo of, of a client, they won't give you a time site. They'd just be like before and after. And, and automatically your brain is programmed to look at it and go, Oh, wow. Look at that. And then look at that. How long it's not, Oh, he must've, he must've ground out for, or she must've ground, ground that out for 24 months. It's like, Oh, I wonder how long that took that person to get there. I wonder if I could do that too. Um, And then they see, you know, everyone else's lifestyle and, you know, people at the beach and, and doing whatever it is they're doing and, it's just for me. It's not a. I, I actually don't like Instagram. I have Instagram. I use it. It's fantastic for business. Fantastic for connection. Um, uh, but if you look on mine, yeah, there is a fair bit of training. But I try and keep mine as, um, I guess, as real as possible with you know mm. my family and my dog and my daughter. And um, I, I just think people look for an easy way out, and Instagram's a really simple. Mm. Um, Dangerous tool um, in the health and fitness for people to look to see what other people are doing, and then trying to adopt their same principles. Because, like, for instance, if you're doing really well at something, what you do might not work for me. Yeah. But people look. People look to that and go, "Oh, they're doing that. What What do you eat on a daily basis? I'll try that. And then it doesn't work. Then they'll blame you.
0: Because they're they're jumping around for too many different strategies, too many different things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like, 100%. I like that, and mate, look, I'd I'd be the first to admit that I've fallen guilty to that over the past as well, um, in different arenas of life, but even in fitness, you know, like I think I'm reasonably, you know, reasonably fit, got a decent tank, but um, you know, I could, I could I could look at you, mate, and go fuck, he's jacked, and then go to the gym twice next week and not look like that, and go, well, fuck, what's going on here? What's the point? Yeah. Let me look at the next the next thing. Um, so I reckon that is a big problem in today's society for a lot of areas of life, but particularly trying to. Um, work towards our fitness goals, which leads me to my next one, mate, just on goals. How important is it to have something specific that you're um, working towards? Like I know there is obviously the endorphin rush that comes from training and I'm sure you'd agree that's a large part of why I train now. But for people that are, where they're trying to gain weight, lose weight, again, whatever their objective is, is it the lack of clarity? Like particularly if they're not, if they haven't built the lifestyle around actually falling in love with the process yet, are there people that kind of come in and kind of don't really know you know what they're what they're doing it for, I suppose, and maybe it is just as simple as, "Hey, I just want to feel good," um, but they're just not they're not having connected to that reason.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot a lot of people do it for different reasons, and I, can't, I that's why I, I really love the business that I'm in. It's that I've I've got clients that uh, will train Monday to Friday so they can drink on a weekend. Hmm. I'm like, if that if that's your sole reason, then that's perfect. You've got a good reason to come in, and you're enjoying yourself. I've got people that come in that they want to put on weight, they want to lose weight. Um, you know, um, they want to get stronger, but still some of the methods behind it or some of the mental, I wouldn't say mental, um, aspects more of like what they think needs to be done. It's not quite right. Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example. Like you'll come in, we'll do a weights class and they'll grab the heaviest weight possible, but you're doing four sets of something. Say you're working for 35 seconds, resting for 25, but because they've chosen a heavy weight, they're only getting 20 seconds of workout. What's the point? you're losing technique, you're losing form, you're losing focus. You might as well deload a little bit, go lighter. It's not good for the ego, but you'll get results in a better way. Yeah. Um, but most people do have, a, um, you know, most people sh- for me should have a reason for training, uh, whether it be to be competitive, whether it to be, you know, drinking on the weekend, um, just to maintain your healthy lifestyle. I think everyone that trains... You, like you said you, it releases endorphins you feel a crap load better even though you that you hate life at that time I hate life when I training I train I bloody hate it but when I'm done I'm like you know I feel a crap load better yeah. it gets me you know in a better mindset throughout the day better mental clarity I can eat more uh, food digest better if i don't train I don't eat it I don't eat enough so wow. my energy levels are lower um, but you should have you should have a reason whether whether it's a goal um I find sometimes if a client has a goal when they hit that goal they don't know where to go Mm. So they get stuck. as like, I've lost eight kilos. Sweet. What do I do now? Okay. Well now we have to kind of reassess. And, and because it's not a individualized program um, it's hard to manage, you know, you know, 200, 300 clients. Yeah. Go, all right, we're going to gonna reassess your goals. As soon as someone hits a goal, it's hard to be like, all right, sweet. Um, I've got my goal. I'm going to go on a bender for three weeks and they'll be back to square one. So it kind of should be, Training for a reason, not yep. for a goal, unless you're training to compete at something.
0: So, then why do you train so hard? Is there,
1: a, is um, that- I, yeah, mate? Well, I, yeah, good question. <laughs> um, probably a, few, probably a few things. Um, DNA, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I was lucky enough to, um, my, my family's a stupidly competitive family. My grandfather played cricket for Australia, cousin played AFL for St Kilda. Um, I had two other cousins played softball netball for australia um wow. i was yeah lucky enough to play you know play play professional rugby and i think it's just in the in my dna so that's one of my reasons I'm, I'm bloody competitive and i like it um secondly mate i like to compete so i'm actually trying um trying to qualify for the crossfit games i've only been doing crossfit for about a year and three months at the moment most people do it for you know, five to six to 10 years. So I'm trying to qualify for that. Masters, of course. Um, but um, that that's a challenge and learning new skills. And I do it to learn new stuff. So I'm learning, I'm relearning movements. I'm relearning yeah. skills that I haven't done. Like I, I, I wouldn't have squatted or deadlift for, you know, since my footy days. Um, power clean and snatch, I would have done hardly anything like that. And I'm learning new skills and new movements. And I, I find it really rewarding when you can nail something, you um, you know that you, you've been working on for four to six months, and you can you can get that movement. It's a bit like you know, um, you know, starting a starting a yeah you know, a model plane or a puzzle, and you get to that finish line. You're like, sweet, how good was that? It's rewarding. Let's go again.
0: Yeah, dude, you're talking about language, man. That's a big theme on this program that I share a lot with with just myself or different guests. That idea of just falling in love with learning. You know, there's something yeah. intrinsically rewarding about it. And I reckon if you can get to a place where like you, just, that becomes the normal, like you like learning new things and you get the rewards along the way. Um, man, like you set yourself up for you know, a pretty good life uh, in my book anyway.
1: Yeah, no, I, and it goes with everything. So not just training. If I like, like, you can never have enough, have enough knowledge and content about nutrition, about food, mm. about lifestyle, about the world. Um, you know, the, the world is not what it seems. Um, we, that's maybe for another podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But um, mate, we'll yeah, get a, we'll know, get like a bowl people... of red
0: and we'll just riff on different yeah. ideas. Yeah.
1: mate, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that. But um, yeah, it's not what it's, um, there's a lot of learning to be done. And I, I guess if you, you keep living in your little bubble, you're not going to really extend yourself.
0: Mm, yeah. I like it. You touched on nutrition there. How important, how important is nutrition? It sounds like a very, um, very trite question, but um, I know people that just seem to just train and then they're just pretty lackluster with the nutrition um, but they, you know, from from afar anyway, seems like they're doing okay. But then I know for me personally, the way I feel, my, my training capabilities is largely determined by what I put in my body. So from your experience, is there kind of a right or wrong approach to what we put in our body? There should be only a right approach. Um,
1: and that should just be eating well all the time. I agree. Um, yeah, none of this... Um, None of this. I, I, I wouldn't say I despise. I just don't agree with. Okay, you got to hit macros. Let's go have a pizza to catch up on your macros stuff like that. Because you're losing the you're losing the micronutrients of of your of your food. You're losing all your vitamins. You're losing all the good minerals. You're losing all the great properties that food can give you. Um, the right approach should be a nice whole foods. Good cut meats um, from my perspective, crap load of veggies, um, you know, good quality carbs um, in and around training is probably the easiest way to do it for everyone. Like, you know, you could look at a carb and you could put on 10, 10 kilos, and I could look at a carb and I could lose 10 kilos. Mate, that's like, not me.
0: Have you not seen yeah. these flaky arms? I mean, yeah,
1: <laughs> there you go. You can, you can eat as much as you want.
0: I've had uh, seven um, sweet potatoes a day and I'm still comfort.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, mate, up it to 10. <laughs> um, I, I guess the, um, no, I guess the, 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 this, there's only one approach and that's just eating well, eating consistently. Like the, yeah, if you go off track, a, lo- a lot of it's mental. So just let it go and restart. It's what people do the following day and the next day and the next day. Um, you're not going to put on 10 kilos by having you know a Christmas feast on Christmas day. Yeah. You're going to do it. You're going to do it by doing a boxing day, the 27th, 28th, you know, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day and every weekend after that.
0: You mentioned eating in and around training. That's something that I remember I, you know, I grew up playing footy um, and made that a priority. But I feel like in my adult years, I've sort of been, I don't know, just a little bit more haven't prior haven't prioritized that as much. And admittedly, I haven't been training as hard until very recently. So is there like what are some best practices? I suppose. Um, is there like a window of time, either before training or after training, that has the most benefit is that a, is that a thing? Is that an old wives tale? Like how much truth is there to like having that window of time to optimize nutrition sort of, you know, pre or post training?
1: I think a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Like I don't think it has too much um, effect on say aesthetics or your fitness goals. Um, I bet what it does, it allows you to understand what your body might need and when, Um, so that, that's kind of where the benefit comes from in my eyes. So for example, if, if I'm training, um, I ate a crap load yesterday and Christmas day, which is supposed to. So when I trained this morning, just now, before we jumped on this cast, I, I didn't eat. So I just trained on last night's fuel. Um, so I'll take that fuel into today. Whereas if I was training, um, say I go train this afternoon, then I'll probably increase my carb content at lunch just to help me with a little bit more fuel. Post-training, however, I usually straight away just have three, four bits of fruit. Um, if there's no window for me to have lunch, dinner, or breakfast, I'll then have a protein shake. Um, or alternatively, if it's around lunchtime, I won't have the shake and I'll just use my food as my recovery source, of my protein and carbs. Um, and I tell my clients, the best way to do it is is if you want to eat before training, that's totally up to you. Everyone has you a know, different little agenda. Um but if there's like an hour and a half window before you're going to train, have something to eat. And then afterwards, you can afford to, you know, eat your carb content, especially at night. So if your clients train at night, might like, have more carbs at dinner. If yeah. you train in the morning, have more carbs at breakfast and then taper off them. Then they're, they're, they're good for you. But it's just always comes down to how much you eat of it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I've got a few more for you, and then I'll let you wrap up, mate. But um, just want to touch on supplements. So we're talking about food, obviously, here. Um, what are your thoughts on SUPs? Are they needed? Are there some better than others? If so, what are the best um, almost like 101 kit for someone who wants to really take their their trainings and just well-being seriously? Okay. So um,
1: do not go into a nutrition warehouse. So nutrition warehouse. Do not go into any um, vitamin kings or anything like that, mate. They'll try and sell you everything. Um, you don't need anything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the only thing you need in life, a protein If for me anyway, this is what I take. So I I just hate, take protein. Um, it's just an easy way to get protein sourcing in my body. Um, and as I just mentioned before, if if I don't have time to eat a meal, I'll have a shake. Plus it kind of tastes pretty cool. So you can mix it up. Um, I take protein. I take creatine on my big day. So if I'm doing like a double day or if I, I try and sip on it throughout a session, um, some amino acids, so basically double A's, which is rarely, but you don't even need it unless if you're eating enough meat, you're you eating, you know, carrots and um, olives, funny enough, and the apple. Um, oh, you can get a, yeah. Yeah. So do I. You're fantastic. You can get a little bit like, little bit, little bit through there. Um, magnesium B12. Cause your body can't, hold on to b12 so it's really important to get b12 for energy stores um mate that is it so for i guess four main supplements vitamin c obviously yep. um if you go buy a multivitamin for me it's just a, it's an expensive trip to the bathroom you just end up pissing it all the mm. um you can get all your content from good rotating your veggies eating different veggies eating different quality meats you can get everything from that i, I just feel a lot of people look for the supplement industry for me is like a shortcut yeah it's like all right sweet there's a weight loss tea for this and there's a shredding you know oxy shred or whatever it's going to make you shred and no, it's not going to the gym is going to make you shredded whilst having a good balanced diet and eating enough or just under the recommended food intake so yeah. um, in terms of supplements proteins magnesium um, potentially creatine and bcaa's depending on how big your training program is yeah uh, mag- magnesium for recovery and sleep um
0: and mate, that's about it. And I drop yeah. it a drop or two of CBD oil, and you're good to go. I like it, mate. I like. So then, just on sleep, how important is that? And what are some best practices? We're talking off air, um, and in, even just in the weeks that we've got to know each other, how important sleep can be. So for you, is there like I said, bedtime? Is there a, is there a routine? Um, is that something that people listening should be really prioritising if they're not already?
1: Yeah, I think so. What did I, I was watching? I was watching the CrossFit Games this year. And um, a couple of athletes were saying that during the three or four days, if they did not have time to do a nice bath, to do a sauna, to stretch and roll, because bedtime's approaching, they will prioritize sleep over any form of any other form of recovery, Hmm. which is quite interesting. Um, Mate, it's essential. It's a be all all and end all. Hmm. Um, What I found and, and especially like through the whoop and, on the recovery scores and and really focusing on sleep, which I never did. It's it's more so my effort levels, my training levels, my mood, my clarity at work in the morning, my clarity at work in the afternoon, and the effect it plays on. I guess you know being a dad and stuff like that, where they where they can sustain my um my mental application with you know with our daughter who's three and a half. Mm. Um and and sleep sleep's essential. We we talked off air about you know going to bed at the same time and waking at the same time your body gets into a nice little rhythm um, it's a bit like food if you can kind of eat at the same times each day um, your body will learn to be hungry at those times if that makes mm, sense yeah um, so it's the same with sleep mate. It's essential in terms of like a routine it's pretty hard because I know what to do but sometimes I just don't do it as as a, as much as I like um but you know blue blue light blockers are fantastic um so you've got the you know uh, i'm do you, I'm not sure i'm pretty sure you
0: I wear them every night. If yeah, yeah suit, you wear them every night. Yeah. Pretty much seven o'clock onwards for me from watching a movie or if yeah. I'm on doing some work or whatever. I just chuck them on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, like, when we do our calls on Wednesday nights, I'm pretty sure you've, you've had them on and yeah, you know, a few of the reckon. boys have got them on. I, I love them. Um, they, they, they do work. Little things like that. No devices unless you've got your blue light blockers on. Um, nice little wound, wind down time and and um, get my mag- magnesium on and a bit of CBD mm. before I go to sleep and, and little things like that. I like to be in bed by a certain time. Um, but I know if I miss that window, it plays a big effect, really, really big, really, really big effect. It does, man.
0: I, I would say that for me personally, it, and I think for most people, particularly as you get like a little bit older, you know, like 25 yeah, plus yeah. <laughs> yeah. sleep is just like, it is crazy how much of a variable it can be in terms of my performance, how I feel, just everyday enjoyment really. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm glad we got to that. You, I, this is one I didn't have prepared, mate. I just want—I'm just curious because we're talking about mental clarity and particularly lasting throughout the day. Um, do you drink coffee? Yeah, a lot. You, you do. Um, okay. <laughs> well, any thoughts around that? Like good, bad, or just depends on on how, how your body tastes it.
1: Yeah. It depends on how your body tastes it. Like you know, for instance, um, a lot of people you know don't take coffee. Look, it's fantastic. It can de- delay fatigue, increase performance, but obviously spikes cortisol levels. It, 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 it's it, you know, it, for someone that has, for instance, my wife has chronic fatigue. Like coffee is not what she needs mm. to be taking. Yeah. People would think. People would think, oh, you know, take coffee. You you hope know, that it will have the opposite effect. Mm. Um. I have no qualms with coffee. It, it it solely comes down to how much one one's body can tolerate it. If you're yeah. using coff, if you're using coffee to go to the bathroom, you're using it for the wrong reasons. If you're using, you shouldn't be using coffee for to get you out of a slump. Yeah. So if you're tired you should go oh, I need five coffees today no you need a, a crap load of water a little bit of rest and good food yeah so for me I use coffee as as an enjoyment so every morning I wake up and I'll make my coffee actually got a, a epic little pour over um, pour over kit for Christmas so that's all set up ready to go in our laundry Um uh, I use it for enjoyment. So I sit down, I'll, yeah. I'll take one on the way to work. I'll come back from work in the morning, have brekkie with the family, and then I'll sit down and enjoy my coffee for, you know, five, 10 minutes and just yeah. sit on the couch and and really take it. It's more of a mental thing for me, a mental and taste. Um, yeah, if you're using it for, you know, digestive reasons or energy reasons, then you probably need to reevaluate a little bit.
0: Well said, mate. Yeah, I agree. Oh, it's really, in- I try and be, re- it's almost like a mindfulness practice for me now. It's just really enjoy my, my treat almost. I'll do my meditation, yeah, yeah. do my workout, whatever it might be in the morning. Even, it could even just be post might have an hour of work that I'm not looking forward to I'll get it done. And then I can yeah. just really, really enjoy my coffee and I find that helps. Yeah, mate. I love I absolutely love it. It's my five. To,
1: my wife's like, oh, you know, um, that we've got an hour and a bit before I got to go to work. I'm like, just give me five, 10 minutes with my coffee and then I'll be good to go for another hour. 100%. I like
0: That's it. That's what it's about. Um, before I let you go, mate, I touched on obviously the F45 training experience um, and, and owning the gym there. If I'm not mistaken, Mark Wahlberg is pretty heavily involved. I don't know the exact connection there, but I just thought of, I, just, I just wanted to pick your brain a little quick anecdote before you wrap up, mate. I know you got the chance to meet him. How'd that come about and um, what was that experience like? Mate, um, so we had a dinner probably about two weeks ago now.
1: Um, there was a, I guess, end of year celebration um, for what's been a very bizarre year for everyone in the world. Um, and especially, I guess, gym owners. I wouldn't say more so, but um, gym, gym owners was an interesting area. I think um, a lot of other people were in a much, much worse spot than what, what, um, you know, myself, than what we were. Um, very, very, very frustrating for everyone, and very, very sad at the same time. But we we were lucky enough to be invited to dinner. I think it was about sixty of us, um, and him being being in Sydney. Uh, yeah, we just went out to dinner. I said to my wife, "Do you want to go?" And she's 30, well, we're nearly thirty nine week. 39 weeks pregnant now. Well, 39 weeks tomorrow, I think. Um, so due very, very soon. But um, mate, I said, Do you want to go along? So like, okay, I'll get fatigued. I was like, we'll just get an Uber home early. So we, we, didn't, so we decided to go come in, had a good chat to him. Absolute legend of a human. Um, really, really lovely guy. I'm a, I'm a big, big big boston fan um and he's a boston fan so i, I just that was my angle straight in there and chat about the celtics and and new england and um but he was lovely he asked about um he asked cassie how she was doing and and um you know he, i think she was the only one that got a personal goodbye out of the dinner as as he was leaving the leaving the building and yeah. and then i was lucky enough to train with him on tuesday so i know the owners of f45 Wool and uh, quite well so I got a little invite to that, um, and Ed, yeah, just had a little, little, um, little training session. and Met him there, and it was pretty cool actually because he walked in the building and he kind of just waved to everyone, and um, And then he and he saw me in the middle and um, came over and came came over and gave me a little knuckle crunch and we had a little chat one on one and and um, the best thing out of that was not like everyone going oh my god like how does he know him and it was more like his his first words were besides saying yeah how you doing um he was like how's cassie doing how's how's her last few days been going um tell her i said hello best of luck i was like mate like it, true family man as as you know there's a lot of idiots out there in the world there's a lot of perceived i guess you know sportsmen and athletes who do have you know um arrogance issues and and issues with you know, mingling with the public but the the man was an absolute absolute legend that is so cool.
0: Mate, you sound like a pretty cool, calm collector kind of guy. I reckon I would have fanboyed out hard, which so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's good that you got to connect with him though, mate. Yeah, I feel it's like we, pretty we, cool. We could riff on ideas for hours, mate. I feel like I'll leave it there. We've got tons of stuff to work with in terms of um, exercise, nutrition, sleep. Before we do, uh, mate, any final tips in terms of optimizing, um, whether it's the physical or the mental uh, for people tuning in?
1: I reckon just be be keep it as simple as possible. Everyone over, overcomplicates everything. Sleep, drink your water, eat well, eat good whole foods, good cut meats. Um, learn to meditate, which is what you know what we're doing. Um, and write 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 shit down. Mm. I, I, that's probably the biggest thing I find. I train better. Um, and I'm focused more when I write stuff down and get stuff out of my head. Um, the the simpler you look at things and the most simplistic versions um would be the easiest easiest way forward in life i reckon
0: yeah man clarity is power and keep it simple it makes yep. it it makes a a big difference well appreciate you carving out the times eh? it have been awesome to connect mate um and i hope we'll get you back on in the new year mate. we'll talk we'll talk more we'll go into that philosophical conversation next time mate
1: yeah we're in i'm in